Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Sherlock's Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Astra Carter, Lou Half, and Pascal Day. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. What's everybody been watching this week? I watched something amazing this week, and I can't stop telling everyone about it. It's on Netflix. It's called Nanette. So it's like a comedy special, like a stand-up special, by this woman called Hannah Gadsby. The first half, I feel, is like quite jokey. And then she kind of says, like, I don't want to do comedy anymore. And it gets really serious about how, like, all her jokes are self-deprecating and she doesn't feel like that's good for her anymore and like good for people that identify with her because she's a lesbian oh as it goes on it just gets more and more like emotional and everything she says is just so true she tells these stories in the beginning like the first half that are really funny and then she tells everyone like what actually happened in the stories in like the second half and it's just like oh so powerful <laughs> okay so i actually didn't finish it which is maybe why i didn't find <laughs> yeah. it yeah, I just watched the funny bit and didn't find it that funny. So I maybe think, that's yeah, why. if it was just comedy, it wouldn't be anything special. But the second half is like really what makes it. Okay, I need so to give it another go. It. But it's, it has been massively lauded mm. as, as like a pioneering piece of comedy. Yeah, isn't it? it was it really good. She's Australian. Yeah, yeah, she's Australian. Or no, New Zealand. She's from Tasmania. I haven't really watched anything apart from Love Island. Oh, I'm ready yeah. to give it out. I mean, this is the first year that I've really invested in it, and I was so into it. But I think is it eight weeks. Seven. 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 Well, it's, it's, a bit, seven. it's a bit much. I feel like they've been part of my life now for yeah. far too long. I'm just not that interested in, in any of them anymore. And also, I'm kind of watching it out of obligation without really. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like, yeah. I'm so close to the end. Like, I feel like I really need to like see yeah. this through now. I agree. Me too. Unless they've got some like killer twist, which I'm sure the producers are trying to make. Because otherwise, I think everyone knows the kind of the order that they're going to drop down in. And yeah. yeah, everyone knows Danny and Jack are going to win. Yeah, so. exactly. Did people last year quit as much as they quit this year? No, I don't think anyone walked out last year. But like, people have quitted in previous seasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. I guess with all these reality shows and a lot of the press they've had recently and not supporting people's mental health and stuff, I think when it gets too much for these contestants, they probably think, I'm just going to quit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're probably it's not. It's not worth, like... Yeah, they must be really, really supported now, but it's not worth kind of putting yourself through yeah. that emotional torture. Yeah, because I remember last year, there was a couple, Dom and Jess, he stuck it out, even though they like she went home and they were in a relationship. And when he was eventually voted out, he was so happy. He was like, yeah. yay, get me back to Jess. And it's like, I feel like they do feel an obligation to stay yeah. for whatever reason. But then I guess, like, it's called Love Island. They're meant to be on there to be finding a relationship, not winning the money. Yeah, but then yeah. I guess... Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, if, and if you aren't then in a couple at the end... You aren't going to win that money. And also, they're going to get more money from all the deals that they're going to get afterwards. Yeah. Georgia was never going to find somebody else with whom she could win it no. at this late day. So exactly. she might as well go home. Yeah. I interviewed Kem. Did you? Did you? But he was, like, doing these interviews in conjunction with, like, a Pizza Hut deal. <laughs> so it was just the weirdest interview. Like, I was like, if you were going to be a pizza, <laughs> what pizza would you be? And he was so enthusiastic. He's like, oh, you know what? 
I'll just be a margarita. <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? I actually did watch a bit of their Chris and Kem versus us. Oh, of course, you um, like? It was funny because I, I, I loved their relationship. They were the best thing about last year, definitely. They were like the bromance of it all. And I mean, it was so silly. Like, as you can imagine, they like mud wrestled in gravy. This is when they like ha- they're trying to build up their career outside Love Island, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, Desperately trying. Yeah. <laughs> and they had to give a wax to some rugby boys which you can imagine goes terribly wrong <laughs> and it was a real waste of an hour of my life basically <laughs> but a good waste yeah good, good. well speaking of waste of hours I've, I love how to eat well for less I don't know if I'm the only one it's on BBC I don't know when <laughs> like Mondays maybe at 8 or something I'll find this out but it's basically it's Greg Wallace from MasterChef mm-hmm. and this other guy and they go into people's homes. Oh, I've seen this. It's so addictive. So they go into the homes of people who just like need some help with kind of their shopping habits and their eating habits together. So that they're probably spending a lot of money on food and also not eating that well. But like, it's fascinating. So I think the series just started again. Last week they went into the home of this couple. They seem like pretty professional, these two people. This guy had never tried a blueberry in his life. Like they live, and he's maybe like 40 something. They what? live on diets of just like fast food, how? biscuits, but I just don't crisps. even know how anyone could get to that age. Like- even like a blueberry cheesecake. He no, he had tried a blueberry muffin. Oh, okay. he had just never. Well, that doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. But like, yeah, no, he was maybe, like, I've never tried one of these. So have you, maybe he's like never okay. been out for dinner. No, no, no. They were definitely social people. They weren't like weird pariahs who hadn't experienced the outside world. They just ate bad food and had really bad diets. Were they overweight? This is the weird thing. No, they're not overweight at all because this That's guy good. was getting like a thousand calories a day, which is nothing. It was like the equivalent of what a small child needed to have because he was sustaining himself on just uh, crap. So that actually they weren't fat at all, but they were probably still like working themselves into an early grave. But like what were they eating? Like just what kind of biscuits. food? They'd skip breakfast and then they'd have like, you know, some kind of fast foody thing for lunch and then mm. dinner they'd have microwave ready meals and they'd Sounds snack like on student diets. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. student so like, There's so many people like this that have such terrible diets and yeah, aren't getting the right nutrients, etc. even the right amount of calories and they can like sustain it for such a long yeah. time but then obviously mm. it comes the like, by them. Exactly. Yeah. And also it's not just that, like they probably don't even realise the effect it's having on them. Like these people had really low energy and were always mm. really tired yeah. and didn't even kind of make the connection that yeah. it was about the way they eat. So anyway, it's fascinating. And they go into their house and they strip their cupboards of all their things and you know they do things like get rid of all their branded products and replace them with potentially cheaper ones or like own brand ones and then they have to do like you know taste tests and see which yeah. ones and often they end up preferring much cheaper things than the ones they're spending their money on before so yeah it's fascinating it's, isn't Greg Wallace a bit of a chub though <laughs> uh, I think he's got he one was. of those faces yeah that looks chubby but he's actually not he's I not think he lost yeah. quite a lot of weight yeah okay but he's I mean what is he he's not a chef he's a greengrocer by trade okay. like so like genuinely like from a greengrocer family so it just means he knows a lot about Food, but yeah, fruit and veg. Yeah, he's definitely trying a blueberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying a blueberry. The other thing I read this weekend, which I thought was fascinating, was a piece in Sunday Times magazine by a journalist called Mark Edmonds, which was about the murder of a little boy in France 33 years ago. If you like kind of serial and crime fiction, right? So it's just a fascinating story. It's basically this little boy was called Gregory Villemont. He was found aged four in the river Vologne. Yeah, in the River Boulogne. Do you know the story? I think so, yeah. And basically there's a really fascinating family history. In this really small town, there were kind of two big rival families, one of whom was more affluent than the other, and this little boy's father was kind of 
spearheading the, the successful business of, of one of these families. A couple of years before the little boy was found dead, this family and the father in particular started getting threatening letters from somebody they call Le Corbeau, which means like crow or like something nasty in French. And they were all these threatening letters for years and years and years, and they, but it was all kind of to do with their financial situation. Like you'll pay for this and you'll pay for that. And you know, they eventually threatened that they would pay the little boy's life and then the little boy was found murdered but 33 years later this case has never been solved there was a prime suspect there was basically massive police like corruption and uh, lack of evidence and all these things that basically meant that it hasn't been solved yet but the parents are still kind of alive and living not far away and it's this kind of big mystery that haunts the area do they think it's his own parents or so the mother was actually arrested for the murder basically anyone close to the child has been arrested at some point Mm. no now they're pinning their investigation on somebody who is the 15 year old niece of somebody else who was involved but that somebody else was killed by the father I mean it's all pretty dramatic and interwoven but sounds like they're missing yeah but I, I have no doubt that it will be turned into a TV show at some point because it's a really fascinating story. If they so, made that into a podcast to be all over it. Fascinating. So yeah, if you can get your hands on an old copy of the Times magazine from the Sunday, well worth a read. Speaking about things that we've been reading, we wrote a feature on the 15 best beach books that we're loving this summer. From guilty pleasures to page-turning thrillers, there were quite a lot of different options on this list. I don't know about you, I like quite heavy read when it comes to being on holiday, but what about you lot? I kind of feel the way about holiday reads as the way I feel about festival fashion. Like, it's not really a thing. Like, just read your normal books. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so wise, yes. So, yeah, I'm not really... I don't really switch up my my book action when I'm on holiday. It's just the same kind of stuff that I normally read. What have you read on holiday that you would recommend others to read <laughs> on holiday? Well, the book I'm reading at the moment is Chelsea Girls by Eileen Miles. It's, like, semi-autobiographical story of her life. She was, like, a struggling poet in the 70s, so that whole kind of, like, Patti Smith era. So yeah, if you read like M Train or Just Kids, I'd be a big fan of it. Pascal, beach reading. Do you switch off and go chiclet or are you in something? I do. I, I believe in a beach read. <laughs> like when I'm at home, I do like a heavy book that can be quite dark. But on holiday, I just want to read like chiclet. And my favourite one that I take like every time I go on holiday <laughs> is A Thousand Splendid Suns. Oh, that's not that that's chiclety. Not chiclet at all. Nothing. Chiclet is like... It's like Shopaholic. Marianne Keys. Yeah. I guess compared to the books I normally read. <laughs> what do you read normally? Yeah. <laughs> War and Peace. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I just love that book. I think it's so, so sweet. So you take it on every holiday with you? I take that and I also take another one. Okay. Just in case I get okay. bored of that one. Like okay. a heavy one? No, just always take something a bit light. What did I take on my last holiday? I took Call Me By Your Name oh, on holiday to my mm-hmm. last one. I'd like to read that. That was really good. A bit obsessive in, in parts. So you're not one for a kind of shopaholic or a gossip girl or that? That's what I think of as like classic yeah. chiclet. I've never actually done this, but I think it would be really nice to read a book that was set in the place that you go to. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah. that's so nice. I always think that when I come back from a trip, and I'm like, oh, I should have read that. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah. Oh, I might do that too. Mm. No, what do you go for? I don't read enough at home, so when I go on holiday, that's my real opportunity to get into a book. So kind of whatever I'm recommended or I see that I like the sound of, I'll go for whether it is a tearjerker or not. The last beach holiday I went on, I read The Light Between the Oceans. Oh my god, I love that book. Oh my god, oh. I mean, I cried my yeah. ass like uncontrollable crying which probably is embarrassing when you're in public <laughs> and the worst is when you haven't quite finished it so you have to read on the plane and 
I mean, sobbing my <laughs> eyes out. People kind of looking at me like, oh my God, is she okay? Aww. But what an amazing book. <laughs> yeah, I cried at the end of that Such a terrible film. Yeah, I watched that film on a plane oh, once. Really? Yeah. It really, I, I've never had an experience where I've enjoyed the film after I've watched it. I think I just shouldn't do it because I think, you know, you envisage the characters and you kind of, you really create their personalities mm. in your mind and it's so amazing. But I highly recommend it if you haven't seen the film. That. We were talking about One Day as well the other day and how we oh, all love that book on holiday but also film, dreadful movie. Yeah. Dreadful yeah. movie. I just I can't warm to Anne Hathaway. No. Oh, I like her in some things. With an English accent Le Miss. as well. It she just, was good but she, she was in it for four minutes. I love the Devil Wears Prada as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's good in that. Yeah. But she's just she's not very likeable. No. She's always had that problem. I think she knows she has that problem. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But One Day, what an amazing book. So uh, good. That's the book actually I passed around to so many people and it's returned to me completely dogged like hands been by the sound. But so amazing. I've never I've actually gone back to read a book again. No, have I haven't you, either. Have you done that? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I've read books over and yeah. over. I wouldn't read a one day over. Yeah, okay. I just feel like there's so much to get through. There's so many books I haven't read that yeah. I can't yeah. waste time going back. I just bought The Lido. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. which is good. Yeah. Be amazing, so I'm really excited to get my teeth into Actually, that. one book that's a bit like one day we were talking about this the other day, is The Time Traveller's Wife. I read yeah, it years read ago. Not on holiday, but it's kind of meaty enough to you can really like sink your teeth into the story, but it's quite easy to read so yeah I think that's the option yeah. yeah so I'm like you Lou, and I only pretty much only read on holiday yeah. I don't have the time otherwise so that's my one opportunity to like really get my teeth into something so Donna Tartt's novels Goldfinch and Secret History are my two like I will recommend them till I die tomes that I've loved on holiday but you've really got to have like a few days in the beach no distractions yeah. to really get into yeah. something like that pretty heavy. What's the goldfinch about? It's about a young boy who is caught in a bomb explosion in, I think it's in the Met in New York, yeah. and he wakes up kind of in the rubble and the chaos and he steals a painting of the goldfinch, and this is a real painting. I think it's in Amsterdam now, or somewhere, somewhere in Europe, you can actually go and see it. And anyway, the, obviously the rest is fictionalized, but the painting does exist. And it's basically about his life and kind of protecting the painting kind of as he goes through his life. It sounds like it's got something to do with art. It doesn't at all, it's about him and his life, but it's like the most beautiful novel and heartbreakingly sad, but also an amazing read. They're making a film out of that now. I think they are. It's got that little boy from Stranger Things in it. Really? He's like in everything at the He's moment. He's perfect for it. The main guy, what's his name? Mike. Mike, yeah. Oh, Mike. Yeah, he's even, I was thinking of the other one, but he's even more perfect for it. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, speaking of travelling, we wrote a piece on the 18 in-flight skincare products to take on the plane. Whether it's struggling to sleep or wanting to land looking fresh-faced, I think Tor put together a selection of the best products that you need whilst you're flying. 
What are your go-tos for the aeroplane to not arrive feeling disgusting? I'm quite low maintenance on the plane. I just have like my makeup and stuff in, in my little plastic bag. And then if I'm doing a weekend break, I literally have everything I need for the weekend crammed into it. So there's no room for a sheet mask or any of that crap <laughs> to put on the plane. But also, I'd feel like a complete twat sat there with a sheet mask. I know. People, Rosie said the other day that she did do that on a plane once. I think you'd have to be in first class. Yeah, you can't do that in a car. Yeah, you yeah. need a little... In a way, there. I think that's worse. I think it's more like you're pretending to be some, I don't know, some movie star or something. Put your sunglasses on. Yeah, literally, feverish. I don't know, I always um, touch up my makeup before I get off the plane. And if I'm on long haul, I dress quite nicely on the plane and then I always take like comfy clothes to get changed into. And do you get changed in the cube club? This has always concerned me how people (laughs) manage to do this. Well, where else would you get changed? Well, because it means you have to take a second set of clothes in your. But my, like, well. plain, my plain clothes are... Perfect. Okay, are we talking long haul here? Top. Yeah, long haul. Okay. Not like two and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can handle that in my jeans or whatever. You know what I like to take? Hotel slippers. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So nice. Like, always take socks. Always yeah. Always, because if you get on the plane in a sandal, all that is there. Yeah. And the white company actually do a pair of cashmere socks, yeah. which I swear by for planes, they are the best thing ever. Yeah, I've got about three pairs of those. Lou, beauty must-haves for the aeroplane? Um, so I'm quite into all these types of things so when I go through the departure lounge any sort of example that I can pick up so I've got a mini is perfect I think like that's my time to like try out a few products that's a good idea yeah Yeah, see then you don't have to put it in the bag exactly and often you can just get like little sachets of like some premium eye cream and some really (laughs) thick moisturizers so I'll use them and then I always take quarterly face Elixir, 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 which is amazing, really refreshing, and just kind of like every couple of hours I'll spritz much (laughs) thinner to my neighbours, I'm sure. And Blistex Lip Balm. Once on a flight, my lips genuinely got stuck together. (laughs) (laughs) How? They were, they were shut. I was obviously like <laughs> watching a film. And I don't know, the air pressure. <laughs> Seriously. What did you do? I went... Did you panic? I went to speak to, to my boyfriend. And literally, they, they were stuck from side to side. <laughs> I've never heard of this before. <laughs> and it happens quite regularly. To you? Or generally? Yeah, to, to me, you. to me, to me. Weird. I do understand yeah. your skin gets really dry, so I agree that lip balm is like a, a yeah. essential. I'm not sure my reasons are the same as yours. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I'm quite like a thick, substantial lip balm and hand sanitizer. Good one. Yeah, always, yeah. always yeah. good to have because like it just always gets sticky and yeah. So yeah, those have been my three. That's good. I think um, hand sanitizer, lip balm, but I don't know. I don't really think about anything else because I'm so scared of flying. <laughs> <laughs> I just take one of those like sleep eye masks because mm-hmm. I always have a cry on a plane. Do I'm you? Just getting too Are you scared. that scared? Yeah, and I just can mop it up with the, <laughs> with with the, the eye mask. mask. No one sees. Um, although that probably does look a bit strange. So. <laughs> Maybe a tissue. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an idea. <laughs> take some travel-sized tissues next time. <laughs> and a sleeping tablet. Okay, fair. That's my essential. That's what you well, but then I'm like that woman in Bridesmaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my favourite scene of that. Yeah, that's yeah, so funny. So good. Well, no booze is like actually one of my biggest rules on planes, only because I feel like I'm going to arrive, particularly if it's long haul, feeling gross and shit enough as is without like a bit of a hangover as well. Yeah. And also, you get so dehydrated, so I drink so much water. Oh yeah, water. So, so, so much water, yeah. and also always deodorant as well because there's nothing worse oh, than going yeah. on a flight. Yeah. I'm feeling grubby. Mm. I sat next to this woman on my flight out to Spain and she just looked like a normal, like, middle-aged woman. She's got her laptop out. She's obviously, like, writing a book and I was really trying to, like, read it. So I was sitting next to her and, like, I don't know what she was writing, but it was very strange. (laughs) At one point she was talking about spitting on Iranian graves. That was part of it. And then I was like, 
you know when it hurts your eyes because you're trying to look so <laughs> I was like, I couldn't do it for too long. And then the next bit, she was like talking about there was like a lake full of cum. Ooh. I was like, what is this book? Who's going to read this? <laughs> Maybe it was her diary. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in like a year's time we're going to hear about this book all about. Yeah, it's like, going to be like a New York Times bestseller. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> okay, so once you've stocked up on all your in-flight products, it's time to think about what you're going to eat. We wrote a piece on the guilt-free snacks to satisfy a sweet tooth. I know I always stock up for plain journeys too. What about everybody else? I am such a snacker, so I would not eat plain food. Like, so disgusting. So I would take probably as much snacks as beauty products in my hand luggage. <laughs> Grey's veggie protein powder are really, really good. What are they? It's kind of, it's like cashews, soybeans. Soybeans, yeah. And chickpeas, like roasted okay. chickpeas in salt and black pepper. Nice. And they're amazing and just kind of great to pop in your handbag. Then peanut butter on anything. I mean, that's not for a plane. Lou, I once tried to fly with peanut butter and got confiscated oh. at, oh no, it was almond butter. I was really healthy in the, back in the day. <laughs> I don't think it makes a difference if it's peanut butter or Well, no, I don't think it does either. <laughs> I just want to get the story right. It was under 100 milliliters, but they classify it as a liquid, which yeah. I think is really unfair. It's definitely but, a paste. Did you not put it in your bag? No, I had just had luggage. Oh, but what? No, but in your little bag. Mm. If you just put it I in there, that should have been Maybe fine. it didn't fit. Yeah. Maybe it didn't fit. Can't remember. Anyway, they were not happy about peanut butter. Also, mm. what if someone had an allergy? Well, I wasn't going to eat it on the plane. I was just taking it for yeah. my holiday. Also, one of the ones that actually was listed was the Deliciously Ella snack balls, which are amazing. I completely disagree. They I are. Think they are rank. revolting. Oh, well, I think they're delicious. The cacao and almond one. Every time they're on offer and say no, I always buy at least three. Another one is the hippies snacks, which kind of <gasps> look a hippies. bit like what's it's. Yes, they're I great. I recently tried the salt and vinegar ones, which were delicious. So good. Anything salt and vinegary is right up my street. Yeah, I could go on for days. I was going to say, you're quite a connoisseur on this, actually, yeah. aren't you? I'm really into snacks. <laughs> my fave for the plane or otherwise are off the eaten path. Oh, sea delicious. salt, pea and pinto, Oh bean, my gosh. Stitch. I mean, the peas and the beans. <laughs> I mean... I can't believe we're talking about this again. <laughs> they are legit the best crisps yeah. ever. Yeah, Another one is the eat. Sorry, I'll start with a minute. <laughs> the eat real lentil chips. Oh, I like them. They do lentil ones and quinoa ones, and oh, like yes, loads of flavors, so and they're amazing. There's a tomato and basil one, which is so delicious. Less healthy, but I love a pop chip as well. Like, yeah. I love, yeah. When I say a, I mean a bag. They do get quite chips. stuck in your teeth, though. Yeah. Mm. In a good way. Pascal, I don't think I've ever tried a protein ball. I just feel like they're not up my street. Yeah, you're not missing much. But I just I like peanut butter too. I could just eat like peanut butter on apple all day but like a snack you know if you're going somewhere you can't travel with peanut butter what would you go for if you couldn't probably like proper corn like mm. the popcorn oh, yeah. I could just eat that all the time yeah popcorn. mm. popcorn's a good one for a plane actually what's the one that does all those fun flavours is that also proper corn yeah that Worcester sauce one. Oh. yeah that one's great oh, I mean, oh. I had the salt uh, the tomato ketchup flavour oh well. unreal just speaking of those hippie things I have this like really triggering memory of eating those like at this event it was like a screening of that film called Wonder oh yeah with Julia oh, Roberts in it oh I'm eyes out again yeah, and I wasn't allowed to take my dictaphone into the screening, so like the cast were coming on afterwards to do this talk, and I needed to run out and get my dictaphone for it. They'd given us all a bag of these hippie stuff, and they stink, like they proper smell. But I ate them that? anyway. <laughs> I'm not sure. It wasn't a flavour I recognised. <laughs> But I was eating them and I was just, I had to get up so quick. I was just like, like didn't properly rub it off my hands. So I was just like, they get really, yeah, they messy. They're really yeah. on your hands. And I went out and I walked into this corridor and it was like, everyone from the film was there. I went up behind Owen Wilson. I was like, oh, excuse me. He moved out of the way. And then Julia Roberts is behind him. So I go up to her and I'm like, excuse me. And she didn't hear me. So I said it louder. She didn't hear me. 
so I just like touched her on her arms. So I was like, excuse me, like this. I was like, no. <laughs> was she covered oh, in hippie dust? dust. <laughs> Well, it's safe to say we all sound pretty health conscious and we're not alone. Thanks to improved lifestyles, a baby girl born today has a 50% chance of living to be 100 years old. And while the ability to live longer presents us with more opportunities to live life to its fullest, being a centenarian doesn't necessarily equal happiness. Anyone here fancy living to 100? You know, with modern medicine, people are living much longer than they should be, but there's still so many diseases like neurological diseases prevalent in over 85s, which is literally my worst nightmare. Be it for myself or like my loved ones, it's literally heartbreaking. A study of 85 year olds in the UK found a median number of five diseases per person. More than half suffered from hearing impairment and osteoarthritis, and just under half have high blood pressure, and just under a quarter had some form of cancer. It's not looking it's so great. Tough. And that's it? the thing, like, you always see the amazing stories, they'll pop out a few times a year, like the 120 year old woman that can do the splits or whatever, but actually, the reality of it is most of these old people are in a lot of pain mm. and suffering. How does living to 100 sound to you? Yeah, I think, you know, in an ideal world, if you had perfect health and you, you were there as much in your mind as you were with, with your body then great but I think as soon as you start to kind of see that deterioration it it would be really hard I think especially as said for your loved ones around you when you start to see that seeing that in my own family members it's not something that I would want to go through personally. Well it's not just health issues that uh, make life difficult when you get older. More than two million people in England over the age of 75 live alone and more than a million older people say they go over a month without speaking to a friend, neighbour or family member. That literally breaks my heart. Yeah and it's so so terrifying. I often get so worried about the people that maybe have hurt themselves whenever they're at home and if you've got no one to call you or Mm -hmm. check on you people don't know that something's gone wrong and that was just so scary. I have an uncle who lives alone in Florida and he had a fall and was alone for 72 hours before someone found him. I know it's really, really sad and he did recover, but yeah, it's really, like, it's real. Yeah. Pascal, living to 100? No, not not for me, I don't think. I just think I'd just be so lonely. I yeah. just think it's really, really lonely and, like, the pain, obviously, would be really horrible as well, but just the loneliness, I think, makes me sad. Like, whenever I see an old person walking on their own, I'm always like, oh my God, I hope they're yeah. okay. And I say it to my boyfriend, I'm like, Oh look, there's like an old man on his own. He's like, maybe he just wants to be on his own. <laughs> Especially the men as well, because I feel like yeah. women are a bit more resilient. Like women women. Lo- live they have like more so when the man's left on his own, it's really sad. We went yeah. to my grandma's 95th birthday party like last year, and we got there, and she had she had maybe 20 or 25 friends there, which is quite a lot. That's because she's low. Low. I know, but they're all different ages now. She's now got friends in like their 70s, and we walked in, and my boyfriend goes to me. Where are all the men? It's like, oh, they're dead men. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're long gone. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, women do, on the whole, end up being left yeah. by themselves. Do you remember a few years ago, there was the woman, she must have been about 105, and she'd received a telegram from the Queen every year, and she got so pissed off because apparently the Queen just sends the same one every year. She was like, I've lived to 105, I deserve like an individual one that. each year. That's I think really they actually apologised and sent her. Really? Sent her another one, yeah. I didn't realise you got one every year after you'd done it. Yeah, 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 I didn't know that. Got but it's like she had them all lined up, it was in the paper, like the pictures lined up, and they were just the same, the same. one every year. Stop email. So well, that, the Queen's quite old herself. She probably. I, yeah, I'm not sure have... she has much input in, in that. She probably just signed probably it. Probably not. Mm. Well, I actually think there's always that campaign at Christmas, isn't it? I think 
think it's Age UK who try to encourage people to call uh, elderly people who are home alone and maybe we should do a sheer lux drive to do that this year because Aww, I think everybody nice. finds it heartbreaking don't yeah. they so yeah not a hard sacrifice to make yeah. when I was at school we um had to do like an, an activity and we would go to uh, an elderly home and kind of sit in for the afternoon you kind of have chats with them or like play games and stuff and it was always so rewarding and made you be like well, what you know why don't we do these type of things more often there's that thing where nurseries are being combined with old yes. age homes That's I think so that cool. is the best yeah. idea ever so so clever I'd love to see more. a tv show out of that me too oh, secret life yeah. four-year-olds meets 87 year olds <laughs> <laughs> Well, from nurseries to schools, with news that 40 British secondary schools have banned skirts as part of a move towards gender-neutral uniforms, and many more currently consulting their uniform policies, could separate dress codes for boys and girls soon become a thing of the past? And would it be a positive thing for young people? Pascal, where do you stand on uniforms? I think it's better to just give them a bit of choice. Like, don't ban something, just let it be available to everyone. Like, if a girl wants to come in in trousers, that's fine. If a boy wants to come in in trousers, that's fine. If either of them want to come in in a skirt, that's fine. Like, why has anything got to be banned? Why is it? Why can't it just be like, here's the uniform, you pick what you want from it? How do you think you would have felt if skirts had been banned at your school? So we had skirts for the girls and, and trousers for boys kind of up until sixth form, and then in sixth form we could wear suits. But as a girl, you could wear a trouser suit or a skirt suit, which I think was really nice to have those options there and that flexibility. And I guess at that age, it's up to you kind of what you want to wear. So... I liked having the option then. I I can't say when I was younger. Would I have wanted to wear trousers? I'm not sure. I actually could wear trousers at my school, which I didn't really think of ever before as being particularly progressive, but I suppose perhaps it was. I don't know what their reasoning was behind it, but it is a relatively informal school in that sense, so perhaps it was kind of an attempt to be more inclusive. But yeah, we had the option to wear really short skirts or and also it, brown cords were what we were supposed to wear but there were no like regulation uniform ones like we got all our other bits from you know a uniform shop but the trousers you could buy whatever brown cords you wanted I remember buying a pair in like Bershka in Mallorca when I was like 12 and they were flares and I was allowed to wear those wow. really I relaxed. love that like yeah. you can add a little bit of your personality to it definitely that. and particularly as we got older at school there were girls who I, I can think of a few girls who went on to identify as men who absolutely would never have worn a skirt and and have since even changed gender and yeah absolutely kind of lived in in those brown cords so I guess it is a good thing yeah I think it's all about giving children options and not making such a big thing of it like oh now we have to ban skirts Mm -hmm. like it should just be that there's an option there and I guess not so much implementing these rules and making a big thing about implementing the rules but opening up the conversation to children about identity and gender and I think that's probably what they need to focus on a bit more yeah Pascal you mentioned the idea of boys wearing skirts Mm -hmm. How do we feel about that? Do we think that that genuinely is a kind of serious option or do we think it's just taking things too far? I don't think it's taking things too far. I don't feel like if they opened it up that the boys are going to like mess around and be like, oh, look, come in in a skirt today. Like, I don't think it's it would be like that. I just think it's a difficult time and you feel like as a man, you want to wear a skirt. What does that say to you if your school's going, well, you can't wear one? Like, that's not right. Do we think uniforms are worthwhile at all? Do we benefit from having them? Yeah, as much as like I complained at school when they line us up against the wall and measure our skirts, actually there's quite a lot to be said for uniforms and yeah, it instills yeah. discipline and democratises things. You know, if there's a kid that doesn't necessarily have like the coolest shoes or is not as wealthy as another child and doesn't have as many clothes, 
then yeah, I think uniforms are great in that sense. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I used to love having like home clothes day. And there was like one day a term where you could yeah. wear your own clothes. <laughs> but other, other than that, I'm sure at the time I didn't. But I, looking back on it, I really enjoyed wearing a uniform and I'm glad that we definitely had it. I wish yeah. I had a uniform now. It would make getting dressed in the morning a lot easier. Yeah. Like, I'm jealous of people even, seriously <laughs> yeah. though, people who at least you work in corporate offices, that's a kind of a uniform to an extent. Yeah, yeah. When you can like just, a few rules. Yeah, yeah. a few it's rules. Would be useful. God, if I had to wear something different every day to school, I'd be like, just wouldn't want to go in. Yeah. It takes too much planning to like plan. Oh God, when it was not uniform day, I literally planned for weeks. Oh, yeah. you went out and bought a whole new outfit. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever like <laughs> this happened to me one time? Like I went into school and it was monthly day and they'd cancelled it. <laughs> Why did they cancel it? I don't know. I'm like I don't know why I didn't get that memo. Oh, but... we often had it where someone would have forgotten that it was monthly and they then came yeah. in in their uniform. Too, but they were allowed to then wear their gym kit. And our school had quite cool gym kit. I, my school was really cool. <laughs> yeah. We had hoodies for our gym kit. Like they were like branded. <laughs> well, I think we're all in agreement that uniforms are a good thing, but maybe just with a little bit more choice. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, please do rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we'll see you next time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.